We open your Bible tonight to the book of Isaiah 13, please. Isaiah chapter number 13. What a joy to be here. It's always a, a special blessing to be here. I appreciate your pastor. I really do. I appreciate his fellowship. I appreciate uh, his service for Christ. I appreciate his knowledge of all the good restaurants in town. Amen. I'll tell you. No, in all seriousness, I love your I really do. I pray for him often, and I'm honored to be here. Lord willing, in a couple of years, I'll be back. If you can hold it together without me being here, it'll be two years, but, but we'll see. No, not really. You have a wonderful pastor. The church is constant growing. That doesn't happen often. It doesn't. Today, in fundamental churches across America, it's a constant decline. But thank God this church, it grows and it grows and it grows. That's a sign of a healthy church and a sign of a wonderful man of God leading the Isaiah 13, verse number 19. Kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' excellency shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. It shall never be inhabited, they shall be dwelt in from generation to generation, neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there, neither shall the shepherds make their fold. That's an amazing statement. 2,700 years ago, God in heaven said, I'm going to destroy the city of Babylon. It will never be rebuilt, and nobody will live there. Is that such a great statement? Chicago was destroyed by fire. It was rebuilt. Many cities have been destroyed by fire, by floods. They've been rebuilt. Now listen to me. When God made that statement, the greatest city on planet Earth was the ancient city of Babylon. God said, I'm going to destroy it. It will never be. That's an amazing statement. Number one, Babylon, your Bible says, had a beautiful location. Number two, Babylon had unlimited water supply. A river flowed right through that city. Number three, Babylon had tremendously fertile ground to grow crops. And yet for 2,700 years, no one's lived there. Why? God in heaven said, I'm going to destroy the city. It will never be rebuilt, and no one will live there. Friend, I want to tell you one thing. You can depend on the word of God. When God says something, sir, it's not maybe. When wicked shall be damned, it's not maybe. It's a Bible fact. When God said, he that believeth on him is not condemned, it's a Bible fact we can trust our soul on and trust Christ. Look in your Bible now, please. Look in your Bible. Verse number 21. The wild beasts of the desert shall lie there. Their houses shall be full of doleful creatures, and owls shall dwell there. Next phrase says, satyrs shall dance there. What are satyrs? Are demons or satyrs are devils? You say, Brother Mark, uh, my track that. I have uh, 20-some commentaries on the book of Isaiah. Every one of them except two. The word satyr refers to demon people. What are you driving at, people? What's that verse say? Satyrs shall dance there. There are certain things happen that makes demons dance with delight. There are certain things happen that makes Henchmen, you and I do that make hell happy. Number one, backslider defects to the enemy, hell gets happy. Now, who's a backslider? Someone that's saved. They make, they're not living for God. They're not serving God. They make hell gets excited about that, and hell laughs at you. Say, How I live is. You're wrong if you're saved. The Bible says, You're not your own. You're bought with the price. What a Christ went to hell to get you saved. What a price. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. 
Therefore glorify God in your body, watch it, and your spirit, not just how you live, which are the Lord's. How you live is not your business if you're saved. How you live is Jesus Christ's business. Let me give you a Bible example. It says here in that verse, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Now why? That's simple. There are cities full of homosexuals, cities full of sexual perversion. Therefore, God destroyed the cities. I'm sorry you failed. The reason God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah was not because the wicked. Let me emphasize this. Homosexuality is a sin. That is a sin. And it's not the ultimate reason that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, in Genesis, one day Abraham is in his tent. He looks up. Here come some angels down the street. He stops them and he fed them. I love this. I love it. What did he feed them? Thank God the Bible says he went out and killed a cow and he fed them steaks. Somebody say amen. When I get to heaven, I'm going to get the biggest steak I can find and eat the whole thing by myself, okay? He fed some steak, and they're talking. He said, where are you guys going? We'll go down to Sodom and Gomorrah and check the city out. I think it is the city. Angels leave. He said, I have a few doubts. His name is Lot. Abraham starts to pray, God, if there are 50 Christians in Sodom, will you spare the city? God said, yes, 45. 40, yes, 30, yes, 20, all that nothing. 10 Christians in Sodom, will you spare the city? And God said, I'll spare it for 10 saints. Now, what's so mystical about this? And if you there named Lot, he started counting the family members. There are members of Lot's family in the town, therefore it's safe. It wasn't safe. For 30 years, a man named Lot, a backslidden Christian, lived in Sodom. In 30 years, he couldn't get 10 people saved. The ultimate reason Sodom was destroyed, my friend, was not because of their sin, because there was no Christian to witness and get folks saved. God said, you are the salt of the earth. What does salt do? It preserves. And my friend, if when the salt goes out of the life of the Christian, the life of the nation, that nation's in trouble, judgment's going to fall. All of a sudden, the angels come in. They go to uh, Lot's house and knock on the door. Hey, get your family. Get out of the city. Lot's going to his family. The Bible says he went down to his knocks on the door, said, hey, get my, get my, my, dog, my daughter, get the kids, get out of here. God's going to destroy the city. Wow. And the Bible says of Lot, he seemed as one that mocked. Come on, Grandpa, you're choking. Don't give me that. You live like us, act like us, cuss like us, lust like us. Don't give me that stuff. Huh, you don't believe it either. My friend, hear me. The Bible says nobody lives to himself. Nobody dies to himself. Because you live right, somebody go to heaven. I'm talking to Christians. You live wrong. Die on somebody in hell because of your rotten attitude. You're saved this time you stood up and stood out for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's straight. Everybody else stands for God. Oh, yeah. The homosexuals, they went up and down the street with side. We was doing the same thing. As Christians, we went aside. God, give us some boldness today to stand up and speak out and exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. For 10 weeks, I got home in the morning in my, my study. The desk is full of mail. I had good news, great news, I did. For the 27th year in a row, I was a finalist in the Reader's Digest sweepstakes. Amen. That's exciting. And then I'll tell you, yes, indeed. I, you know, I had, a, had a letter. The return address was a prison. 
I get those all the time, you know, uh, prisoners want stamps or a cell or something. I kept going. Look, come back to that letter written from the prison. I opened it up, unfolded it. Name of the top, name of a preacher. Dear, dear friend. And I literally told her, follow you into a certain sin and being caught. But the Marquis said when they arrested me for three days and three nights, that they keep me in a straitjacket. He said the, the embarrassment, the disgrace was so great. If they had not kept me in a straitjacket, I would have committed Then he kept writing. Thing I claim to believe in, I've destroyed. I've ruined my church. I've embarrassed my family. He said, because of me, Jesus Christ, whom I really do love, is laughed at and ridiculed and made love. Then he said this, you're in prison at night. I lay down on my metal bunks and about the time I'm asleep, it seems like in my mind, I can hear demons of hell at me, mocking me, dancing around me, making fun of me. Oh, Brother Mark, he said, what damage I have done to Jesus Christ. Christ ripped your hands, buddy. You do something wrong, they don't say, hey, look what John, no, no, what they say? He professes to be a Christian, <laughs> and Christ's name is dragging the dirt. Wake up! Christ's reputation is in our hands. It's time we lived like him, acted like him, witnessed like him, talked like him. Paul put it this way, that Christ may be manifest in my body. Here's what Paul said. When folks see me, I want them to know, Christ crucified. Put in the tomb, rotted, decayed, and stink. He's alive because they see him living in me. Does your coach know you're a Christian? I give them missions. How about they know you're a Christian? We're ashamed of Jesus Christ. My friend, God help us. God help us. How we live affects somebody else. Number one, the resources. When a backslider defects to the enemy, number two, demons dance. I hear it carefully, please. When a sinner rejects the gospel. Now, why do folk go to hell? Because they joined the wrong church? No, God baptized the wrong way. No. Why do folk go to hell? In Luke 16, we still on Sunday morning, a man died. and When he got to hell, he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus, he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember. Why do folk go to hell? They go to hell, first of all, because they forget. It won't be somebody else's obituary. It won't be somebody else's grave. It'll be your grave, sir. And the Bible says, boast of tomorrow. Hell someday. Get saved today. Every invitation in the Bible to get saved has the exact same day. Today, you hear his voice and harden not your heart. The Holy Ghost saith today. If you have, the only time you have is today. My friend, I've been that this year. Guess what? Today I made reservations in hell. I intended to be damned, and, but nobody's, nobody's told me that. I'm not proud of this. Looking back over 50 people come to revival, raised their hand for prayer, saved. I prayed, shut the door, and rejected. And right now, this very second, you're in the one place in every, the one place you're intended to be, 
are an inhabitant of the house of hell. Why? Because they disobeyed God's command to get saved today. By times of ignorance, God winked at. But now, that means today, he commands, God commands, all men everywhere to repent. If you're unsaved, there's no doubt when God wants you saved. That Bible says, God wants you saved today. I was watching a certain program on television, and uh, they had a man on His name was Maurice Swallens. Maurice Swallens was one of the three outstanding racialists in America. President of the United States had a heart attack. Maurice Swallens was one of three doctors they were to call immediately and get him where the president was. And a young lady interviewing well, Mr. Rollins, tell us your story. He said, I was an atheist, an agnostic. He said, patient being a heart surgeon, he said, but something bothered me. Time and time again, I'd be in the hospital. Code blue would go out, but he was having a heart attack. I'd run down. Him. Time and time again, they'd cry out and say, I see fire. I see the gates of hell. I hear the screams of hell. Help me, help me. Rollins said, don't kill yourself. That doesn't happen occasionally. It happens all the time. And my friend, if we got rid of the high-priced drugs and let people die in their right mind, you'd see it time and time and time and time again. He said, when well, I brought in a young man, 23 years old, having a massive heart attack. And had the body and was I got a straddle of that young man. I pushed him on his chest as hard as I could. Sometimes he's I pushed down with such force. I'd hear his ribs as they would crack. All of a sudden he opened his eyes full of fear, made a whisper, said, Please push harder, please push harder. <laughs> Wallace said, I wanted to save him so mad. I worked faster and faster and faster. Again, as I looked up in a trembling voice, he said, I see demons. Ah, oh, Wallace said, I wanted to save him. I worked and worked perspiration in my head. On time, a look of fear came over his face. The worst look of fear I've ever seen. His eyes locked on mine in a trembling voice. He said, I hear <sighs> laughter, and he died. Lawrence said, I didn't change clothes. Went out and got in my car, drove straight home, went in my house, went to the liquor cabinet. Said, to this day, I can't explain it, it was empty. I said, okay, I'm no country bumpkin. Profession. Time and time again, I've seen people dying, crying out about hell and fire and demons. I'm going to think this thing through. He started thinking about it, meditating on it. The Spirit of God got a hold of his heart. Next morning, he got read the Bible, got in the car, headed down the street at nine o'clock. Thank God, first he came to was a Bible preaching church. Amen. He walked in, a godly pastor opened the Bible. Showed him how to accept Christ. And Marie Swollen said, I knelt down with that man of God. I prayed and I received Jesus Christ into my heart to be my Savior. And the Bible says, he that believeth on him is not condemned. He said, I know I'm going to heaven, not because of me, because I've accepted Christ. Young lady doing your interview said, oh, Mr. Rollins, 
Oh, that makes me so happy. She said, I'm glad you found religion. He said, I found Jesus. It, religion cannot help you, but Christ can help you. He can save you. He's the only one can save you. And boy, if you're not saved, I plead tonight with every person here that's saved. Tonight might be the greatest night in your life when you stop trusting yourself to go to heaven. You stop trusting church membership and you from the wrath to come to the arms of Jesus Christ. Number three, like when? When a soul winner exits his duty. Turn your Bible to Acts 19. Acts 19. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. I'll give you a minute. Chapter 19. Demons dance with delight. When somebody used to witness, stops. Somebody used to go on meditation, parks at home. Somebody used to have a prayer life, say, friend. Verse 13. It was certainly the vagabond Jews. The vagabond, they were exodus. Excuse me. They, they were they cast out demons, but they wandered around. Do that here, kind of like in a They traveled around. Vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits. In the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preaches. There were seven sons of one seventh, a Jew and chief of the priest, which did so. The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, <laughs> but who are you? And the man whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them. The house, naked and wounded. The priest has the apostles cast out demons. Let's try it, okay? They find a demon-possessed person. They say the words. They make the gestures. The demon starts talking to him, and don't miss this. What hell said to him is very important. Number one, the demon said, Jesus, I know. Jesus Christ is. Why? Because he is God. Father are one. He that has seen Here, Then they said, oh, oh no. And, and, and Paul, we know. How do they know Paul? Every Paul place Paul went, folks got saved. Put him in jail, he gets the jailer and his family saved. Put him in a town, saved. Eight soul winners. And sweet, and I'm not going to witness people of me, kill me, and a demon from hell comes and pats you on the back, said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Huh? The politicians stand for what they believe, yeah. And are embarrassed and ashamed of Jesus Christ. God, give us a holy boldness. My friend, after all he has done for us, how can we be ashamed of him? How, how? Yeah, my friend, uh, we don't want to be embarrassed by Jesus Christ. And therefore, families never hear the gospel. Classmates never hear the gospel. Husbands never hear the gospel. And birth because we have a coward Christian Jesus Christ. Shame on I was preaching. I gave the invitation one night. A young lady come forward. I probably know her 20 weeping and sobbing and say many Christians come. Julie's down there just weeping and crying. Pretty soon I said, Julie, what's wrong? Can I help you? The said, I graduated from high school. 
Went to Maranatha Baptist College for two years and got a degree in business. Said I went to a certain town and she said, I got a job in that office. I tried to live for God. I really did. So I could witness to them. I'd give them gospel tracts. I'd pray for them. Brother Mark, she said, they laughed at me. They ridiculed me. They made fun of me. In fact, she said, they made up a filthy, vile song about me. But in the office, I did everything I could. That's to change jobs. A classier office, a higher position, double the pay. I made up mine. I'm going to that. I'm not going to witness. I'm not going to give out tracts. I'm not going to be some religious fanatic. I'm going to go to work and be good and kind and pure, but I'm sick of being laughed at for Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to do that. My boss called me in. I didn't sit down by her. She said, being all over America, including every big town, right here, number one in sales. Julie, you're doing such a great job. We've got to hire some more help. Now, I've got a binder here full of applicants. Let's come to sit down by me behind the desk here. Do we side window? Sit down. We're going through these applicants. Big bold letters. The applicant had written these words I am a born again Christian. Said my wife turned to me and said, Hey, let's count her out right now. Let's eliminate her. We don't have any born again Christians in this office. We don't count her out. And Julie heart like an arrow. Brother Mark, she said, I ouch and wept and shed some tears. So I come to church tonight, Brother Mark, and you preach tonight, I real something. Last two days, I've been the laughing stock of hell because I've been afraid of something. I'd ridicule. Somebody think me, listen to me. You say, boy, if I live for God, hell's laughing at you. Let them laugh. I'm not, I've been there. I've been there. Jesus Christ is worth me. Anybody ever has. Anybody ever will. Jesus Christ is worth me. that over. God give us some character, some conviction. He get outside that door. Share the gospel. Wait. Wait. Look up here. Look up here. I got good news. That was Friday night, the last night of revival. The far, not, not the next Sunday. A week from the next Sunday, Julie walked into church Sunday morning. Three of them walked down the aisle and got saved, and Jesus Christ had the last laugh. Somebody say amen. God expects of you. Bow your head for prayer.